Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is Life Lessons with the LT's Daughter. That's me. I'm the LT's Daughter. My name is Catherine and I'm bringing you life lessons on and off the job from men and women behind the badge who have been through it, worked through it, and are better because of it. We are smashing the stigma, learning to cope, and creating a balanced lifestyle week by week. Thanks for being here. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Life Lessons with the LT's Daughter. I am so excited for this first official episode because my guest, Anthony, has such an awesome perspective and insight as both an officer and a family man. Stay tuned until the end because Anthony shares about some really exciting projects that he's working on that you will definitely want to learn more about. All right, Anthony is a father, husband, entrepreneur, podcaster, and retired police officer of 20 years. He is currently the host of the Off-Duty Podcast, where he interviews active and retired members of law enforcement in a casual, light-hearted setting. Anthony is on a mission to show the human side of policing, and he is humanizing the badge one podcast episode at a time. All right, guys, again, I'm really excited. Be sure to stay tuned until the end. And without further ado, let's get into it. All right, welcome to the show. I have Anthony McNeil here. He is a retired police officer and he currently runs a podcast called the Off Duty Podcast. So, Anthony, if you don't mind just telling us a little bit of background about yourself, about your business, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Catherine, for having me on. Um, again, my name is Anthony McNeil. Uh, I'm the host of the Off Duty Podcast. Um, I'm also a retired police officer. I retired in 2013 after serving 20 years with the Southfield Police Department here in Michigan. Um, While I was with the department, I worked patrol. I was a detective. I was a hostage negotiator, uh, field training officer, FTO. Um, You name it, I did. It received many awards and citations while with the department over my my, um, years there, including the Everyday Hero award from a local TV station. Um, I'm a husband, a father, a business owner. Uh, I also own a janitorial franchise, which I've had now for probably 28 years. Um, I own a podcasting network for first responders. And I just got a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah, you sure do. You've got a ton going on. (laughs) Um, Keeps me young, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Uh, (laughs) How old were you when you became a cop? I was 26, I think, when I was a cadet. And I officially became uh, an officer when I was 27. Okay, so you were a little bit older. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think that being a little bit older and having some life experience under your belt helped you like compartmentalize or deal with some of the more difficult things that you experienced on the job? Um, Most definitely. Um, I think law enforcement is a profession that life experience definitely helps you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have it coming into the profession, the things that you see and do and come across, it can be an eye opener for you. Um, so if you're not used to a particular 
situation or a particular dealing with certain types of people and seeing certain things, it could, it could really affect you. Um, I was fortunate enough where, you know, I was older. Um, I did have some life experience. Um, but even still, you know, it still doesn't prepare you for everything that you're going to encounter once you get into the profession. Yeah, absolutely. So what is one thing that you kind of wish you knew going into it, or even just like a piece of advice that you would maybe give someone who is thinking about joining the force? Um, for a brand new person, I would say to them, remember that police work is what you do. Mm-hmm. It's not who you are. And from day one, don't allow the job to become your identification. Yeah. That would be my biggest advice to someone because you say it all the time, you know, guys get wrapped up in the profession and it becomes their life. And when that happens, that's not very healthy. You know, you start to cut off some of your friends that's not in the profession. And, you know, all you do is hang around cops and do cop related things. (laughs) And that's that's not good. Trust me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. I mean, you're on the force all day. You're around the cops all day. But at the end of the day, you still got to go home to whether you're married or you have children even Mm -hmm. just like your parents or your friends, like you still have to go home and be able to live the life that you enjoy on the side. Yeah, for sure. And and if you don't, if you don't have some type of outside interest, interest, and all you do is, you know, you're 24 seven, the police, your marriage and all of that will suffer. I can guarantee you that. Um, so it's, it's, it's vital. You know, it's, it's funny because law enforcement, we kind of have these stages that we go through in our career. And, you know, those first years, you really don't know a whole lot, but you're eager to, eager to learn and you want to get involved in as much as you can. And, you know, then you go into that next phase where, you know, you, you got some experience under your belt and you're kind of the guy that when the stuff hits the fan, it's time to go. You know, then as you move into that next phase, it's it's where, okay, I'm starting to get a little older here. I'll let the young guys handle that. Yeah. And by the time you get to that that 20th year, it's like, call me if you need me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I think that's so important. Um, I've talked about it before, but my dad was a little bit older when he became a cop and he was also really good at kind of compartmentalizing. And, you know, when he was on the job, he was on the job. And when he was Mm -hmm. at home, he was, you know, our father, a husband, you know, he was really good at kind of separating those two things and making sure that like, you know, he was living a balanced, well-rounded lifestyle because at the end of the day, it's your, it's your life. And, you know, you're, you still got to live after you're off the job and you still have something to, you know, work towards for the rest of your life. So I think that that's a really important component. Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, and for me, Coming into the profession, I was a little different because I never wanted to be the police. I didn't get into police work because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to start a business, um, but I was young at the time and I didn't have the resources to do so. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And the job kind of came to me. But, you know, once I got introduced to the job, that was a way for me to get the resources that I needed to start my business. So my, my, my 
my entrance was a little different than say someone that's wanted to do this their whole life, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I, I kind of went in it, I guess, with a different perspective in that I had to let the job grow on me a little bit, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. But once I got into the profession, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. For you, it was more of like, at first, a means to an end, you know, mm -hmm. there was, you had ulterior motives for joining the force. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it just worked out that you enjoyed what you were doing. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, that kind of actually makes me wonder, I think it's really important to understand your why as an officer and to be able to come back to it when times get tough, as we're mm -hmm. seeing now, especially. Um, so you joined to get the money to start your, your business essentially. Right. Mm -hmm. And then yep. if I'm not mistaken, you left to go run your business and then you came back to the force. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. I, after three years on the job, I had saved up the money I needed to start the business and I would often, and I did that. I, I, I left the department and I was gone for about probably about 14, I can't remember, 14, 15, 16 months, something like that. And I got a call from the chief one day asking me if I was interested in coming back to work. And I really did miss the job while I was gone. Um, but at that point, you know, my business was up and running. It was doing good. And healthcare was expensive. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was happy to go back and uh, get rid of that expense. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What was what was um, something you missed when you left? Just the people, um, the, you know, the folks that I work with. Mm -hmm. um, police work is unlike any other job, you know, I, I shouldn't say just police work, but any first responders yeah. um, job is it's unlike your typical nine to five and just getting in that. Once you get in that car, you never know what you're going to come across, you know, and some of the things that I dealt with in the three years that I was there, it was a lot, you know, and I, I, I really fell in love with the, with the profession and I, I, I couldn't wait to get back. I just missed, I worked with a lot of good people. I, and, and I have to admit some of it, once you put that uniform on, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, you're kind of like an athlete yeah. a little bit, yeah. you know, and I guess that's where the ego comes in. And, you know, you, you, people look up to you cause you have that uniform on people that wouldn't even talk to you had you not had that uniform on. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You're like a real life superhero. Yeah. 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 So I missed that, you know, and um, it was, it was nice to get back to it. Good. That's good. And I think you bring up a really interesting point about how it's like, unlike any other nine to five job, because, you know, it is essentially a nine to five job um, where you leave the house every morning or night. And you, if you're lucky, go home every morning or night. And um, mm -hmm. so, so it's seemingly a nine to five job, but there's really a brotherhood that's formed or a sisterhood because, you know, while it may look like a nine to five, when you're out there, you never know what you're going to expect. And you could be having a normal day and all of a sudden it takes a turn and you're seeing all kinds of things that, you know, your everyday nine to five person is not seeing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that's a really, really important point that you brought up. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I remember when you would have civilian ride-alongs come on, come along, you know, to do a, a ride-along and something big pops off and they're like, holy cow, this is what you guys have to get into. <laughs> you know, it's an eye opener for a lot of people, you yeah, know, absolutely. and um, for us, it's just another day at the job, you know, another day at work. So it's true. And I remember I actually went through um, the NYPD Citizens Police Academy. OK. And um, that was just like a very small, obviously, I think it was like 12 week glimpse into what you guys kind of experience on the job. And some of the other other students in my class were just absolutely blown away by some, by some of the calls that people would talk about, some of the experiences <laughs> that people would talk about, just like not realizing what really goes into being a police officer. Because again, it's like you just put on your uniform if you are in uniform and head off to work like it's any other job. So I think- yeah if you really aren't kind of in the thick of it or close to someone who is, you really don't realize what, what it's like to be a cop. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's funny because, you know, I remember those, those moments where, you know, there was a ride along on the shift and just something mundane as a, a suspicious person, you know? And I remember, you know, ride along saying, wow, people actually call for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when we tell you we got a call for a suspicious person, we really got a call about a suspicious person. <laughs> We're not just poking around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. But I think that that goes to the average person really don't know what law enforcement is all about. They see everything on TV and they think mm -hmm. that's what the job is. And it's so much more to it than just that. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, what is a case that has kind of stayed with you? If you don't mind sharing as much or as little as, you know, you are willing to. Sure. Um, I was different when I, when it came to things affecting me on the job in my 20 years, I mean, I've been involved in a shooting and all kind of pursuits and you name it, I've done it. But there was really only one call that really ever affected me from a mental standpoint that really stands out. And that was early on in my career where we had a call about two young children um, stuck in a car. It was the hottest day of the summer. Their mom had left them in the car. I think they were like two and three or two and four, something like that. Um, and she went to get her hair done. Oh, no. And she was inside for about three, three and a half hours. And, you know, when we got there, the kids had passed. But the thing that always sticks with me is that you could see their hands on the window and you can tell they were trying to pull the windows down. Oh my gosh. And, you know, when they finally got the car open, you know, it was one hundred and thirty eight, one hundred and forty <laughs> or something like that inside the car. So you take that heat and you pair that with these kids crying and screaming and just building up their own heat. And, you know, there was no way they, they were going to make it. So that's, that's the one run that really sticks with me that affected me because I had little kids at the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember coming home and just hugging my kids because, you know, it just showed me that life is precious, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually one of the reasons that I've kind of 
you know, started on this mission, if you will, um, just being an adult now and realizing what my dad saw every day while he had three young kids at home, you know, um, yeah. he was in special victims unit and he dealt with kids pretty frequently all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just like in awe at everything that he kind of experienced. But then again, as we talked about a little bit earlier, would come home and kind of take off his police officer uniform, so to speak, and be yeah. a father and a husband. Um, yeah. I remember at my retirement party, you know, people were sharing stories and my wife was like, you never told me that. I was like, yeah, honey, that was a reason. Why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So that actually brings up a good point. How did you kind of maintain a healthy, you know, balanced home life that that allowed you to kind of connect with your daughters and your wife and and your loved ones while you had this kind of dangerous job? I mean, again, it goes back to what I said earlier. For me, it was just I always had outside interests. Mm -hmm. I, when I was done, I was done. I was never the guy to work a lot of overtime. I could probably count the hours of overtime. I worked in my 20 years on one hand, (laughs) you know, if it wasn't a run that I was forced over on, I wasn't taking volunteer overtime, you know, and it goes back to, like I said, the job for me was a job. It just happens to be a job that I really enjoyed, Mm -hmm. but I did not let that job dictate my life, you know, and I, I get it. You know, the money is is good when you get all that overtime and everything. But at the same time, that takes time away from your family and your mm-hmm. kids and, and, and your wife and everything. And my kids, like I said, they were young at the time. And my wife, who's a nurse, you know, she was working. So we had opposite shifts. Um, so we one of us could always be home with the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just easier that way. But I never, again, I just never allowed the job to dictate and control my life outside of work. Yeah. I think it's, it's important like to kind of pan out and take, take kind of just an overall overarching look at all of the elements in your life and kind of prioritize accordingly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and, and it, it helped me and, and it was, I guess it was easy for me to to not work all that overtime because I did have an outside business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I didn't have to deal with that, that pressure of having to look for overtime, you know, so mm-hmm. I think that was part of it also. But even had even if I didn't have the business, I can honestly say I was not the person that was going to be living at the station. I just that just wasn't me. I was going to give you 100 percent while I was there. Yeah. But if I didn't have to be there, I wouldn't. Be there. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I think that's crucial for, like I said, kind of living a balanced lifestyle as a police officer. Um, how, how did you, when you were working both your entrepreneurial job and as an officer, how did you kind of balance that workload? Cause that's just a lot of work. Yeah, it was tough. Um, I worked midnights for a large part of my career and fortunate being in janitorial, you know, all of my work is after hours. So at the time when we started, I mean, it was it was very rough because my wife and I were actually doing the cleaning. And yeah. And I like I said, we had our first daughter was just born. So it was really rough. And I would work all night, come home, sleep, get up at five o'clock. We would head out the door, 
go take care of the accounts. I would come home, grab a half hour of sleep or whatever, then head into work, get up the next day and do it all over again. You know, so. Wow. So you just didn't sleep. Yeah, I tried. That's I, I slept mostly during the day for the most okay. part, um, <laughs> you know, but I, like on my days off, a lot of guys that work midnights, they would stay up on their days off. I, I couldn't do that. You know, my days off, I tried to get normal sleep and again, tried to utilize though, because we worked, uh, we had three days off because we worked uh, 10 hour shifts. So we worked four days a week. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to use my days off to spend, you know, as family time. Yeah, I love that. Going right back to that whole leaving the uniform at the job. Yep. Um, So my final question, I would love to know what is one life lesson that the job has taught you? Wow. Good question. Um, I think the biggest thing would be treat everyone the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I say that, I know it sounds cliche, but I say that because over my time, I realized that just treating people like human, regardless of what they had done, mm-hmm. took me a lot further in my career, in my connecting with people than being that hardcore, hard-nosed individual that, you know, no, this is my way or, or the highway, you yeah. know? And I, and I remember one incident in particular where it was my last week of working and we had um, a very prominent pastor that lived in the city and he had a son that we had gotten a call on and I was working the front desk at the time. And this gentleman, he was, his son was a pretty big, pretty big boy. He was probably about six, three, probably about 230, 240 mm-hmm. pounds, but he was bipolar and he ended up getting arrested for whatever it was they arrested him for. But when they put him in the jail upstairs, they had to put him in isolation because he was causing all kind of problems. Well, once they put him in isolation, he started flooding the toilets and all this other stuff. So my lieutenant, who was my SWAT lieutenant, asked if I want to go up and try to talk him out of the cell because we need to take him out of the cell. And as I get upstairs, I get off the elevator. There was a young officer there that was going to be taking my place as, a, as the hostage negotiator. And he's standing there with black gloves on and a taser in his hand. Mm. And I look at him and I say, what are you doing? And he says, I'm going to talk to this guy. And I said, how effective do you think you're going to be with that taser in your hand and those black gloves on? Everything that you have right now says I'm not here to talk. Yeah. And as a negotiator, that's what we do. We talk. And I remember when I went back to talk to this guy for three, four hours, he was causing all this commotion because no one has simply took the time to talk to him and find out what his problem was. And all he wanted was someone to go check on his dog because when he got arrested, he didn't feed his dog. (laughs) (laughs) Had someone just asked him what was the problem, you know, it would have been taken care of. Oh my gosh. That is quite a lesson. I think that that is applicable for Everyone, everywhere, in any profession. That is yeah. an amazing story. <laughs> it was as simple as that. And I'll never forget, because his dad and I had a run-in prior to him getting arrested. It was, it was a couple of months back. Like I said, his dad was a big activist in the, in the city. And he was, there was a bus strike or something at one of the schools. And his dad and I, we got into this argument, and we didn't really care for each other. But when his son got arrested, 
and he came in to 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 bond his son out. Um, it was a couple of days later. He heard he came in. And he said, "Hey, I heard what you did for my son, and I appreciate it." And it, it was just a simple, just talk, yeah. you know. And I think that's what's world what's wrong with the world today. Nobody takes time to listen to anybody. Yeah, that's true. And that just came <laughs> down to a human talking to another human. That's it. At the end of the as day, simple as that. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. All right. So finally, how can everyone find you, find your show, learn about everything that you're doing, get in touch with you, all that good stuff? The easiest way to find me is just go to the offdutypodcast.com. From there, you can connect with all my social, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm mostly on Instagram and, and, and a little bit of Facebook. I'm, I have a Twitter account, but I don't utilize it too much. Um, I just started a, a YouTube channel, um, so you can go over and check that out. Um, but the easiest way, again, is just go to the offdutypodcast.com, and you can find everything from there. Um, also, if I can, that you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be launching a VIP membership mm-hmm. here real soon. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm putting the final things together and I'm not sure when this episode is going to air, but the first episode in the VIP membership, I'm going to be interviewing Mike DeCop. Um, so for those of you who don't know who Mike DeCop is, he's a big, I guess you can call him a social influencer in the law, mm-hmm. law enforcement profession. And um, he and I are going to be talking about the recent incident that happened in Florida involving the sergeant and the uh, young female officer that he choked. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, So, but you have to be a VIP member and as a VIP member, you're going to get access to exclusive content that's not shared on the regular podcast. Um, Plus you're going to get to sit in as a guest while I'm doing the interviews and a whole bunch of other stuff. But if you just go to the offdutypodcast.com, it's all there. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you again so much for coming on. This was amazing. Yeah, thank this you. Was awesome. Thank you. I right. appreciate you uh, taking the time and, and uh, reaching out to me and asking me to come on. Yes. I really enjoyed it. My pleasure. All right, guys, I hope this was helpful. I hope you learned something from today's episode. Go follow the off-duty podcast spelled out on Instagram and connect with Anthony. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Learn more about The Courageous Ones at thecourageousones.com. Thanks, guys. I will talk to you soon. Guys, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for everything you do for our communities. And most importantly, thank you for wanting more for yourselves. Please share this show with a colleague or a friend and reach out to me. Let me know what you learned from today's show. Until next time, be careful. Be careful.